You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. Uh, thank you so much for being here this morning. And uh, what a, God, the rain last night, it was yesterday, the soccer fields, it was like nice and 72 degrees and nothing but sun. And so my legs are sunburned right up here. My face surprisingly didn't get it, but it was like felt really nice, but I sweated for four hours in 72 degree weather. Uh, But it was better than being 95 and better than being 35. Uh, Will you please turn to Acts 26? Justin uh, went all the way through through some of 25 and then covered most of 26. I'm going to pick up in 24. But I'm going to read a verse, and then we're going to get into things. Acts 26, 24. Suddenly, Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. And that's where we're going to kind of camp out a little bit today. Uh, Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for using me. Thank you so much for for your grace and your mercy that you pour out on us so much. And I just can't help but talk about your grace and your mercy. Thank you for the, 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 this congregation, the people in this body that, that makes this, that makes Freedom Fellowship what it is. Thank you so much for the people that are willing to serve and to love. And I ask you just to pour out your blessings over us this morning, this week. May your spirit stay in this room. May the words come out that are supposed to come out, and anything that's not supposed to come out, not do that. Get me out of your way, please. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, uh, there's some people that when you speak, you know, like, like you have, and I've heard it say the old Southern Baptist way or whatever, you've got three key points, you know, or I have two this morning, but you hear kind of these days, and there's like, not to do that, I'm like, whatever. I want you to get two things from this morning. what we're going to focus on. And we're going to look at verse 24. Uh, are you crazy? And then we're going to talk about breaking the chains. So if you look at uh, verses 24, we're going to read. But Agrippa, so as, as Justin got into this, Festus um, was, and we're going to see how he burst out at Paul here, and then Agrippa comes in. And Festus really didn't know what was going on um, in the Jewish culture community, but Agrippa did know. So if you will turn to Acts 26, 24, and we are going to read through 32. Actually, I'm going to go up a little bit and kind of, 24 is where we're starting, but I'm going to start in 19. Actually, I'm going to start in 17. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea and also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God. And we spend a lot, we spend a lot of times in Acts uh, over the last year in repentance 
has been a common theme with, with all of us that have been up here. Um, but that's why I wanted to read that. That also the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Yes, it's not about works, but if we are changed through repentance in our faith, we should look different. We should live different. We should change, and that's what repentance is. People should be able to see that we have turned. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for, for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time, so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike. Verse 24, suddenly Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. But Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is a sober truth, and King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Agrippa interrupted him, do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian, a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, whether, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am except for these chains. Then the king, the governor, Bernice, and all the others stood and left. As they went out, they talked it over and agreed, this man hasn't done anything to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, he could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. So verse 24, Festus has an outburst. <clears throat> you can tell he's just kind of done listening to all this. He's kind of over it. He says, Paul, you are saying too much study has made you crazy. So why does this look foolish to Festus? If we go back to verse 2, Paul is sitting there. Remember, Paul is in chains. He is, hand, you know, probably the shackles from the ankles to the wrist and he's in chains and in verse 2 Paul says I am fortunate I'm happy verses 8 and 23 Paul is, is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus in chains it's not about him he's not trying to get out of the chains he is more concerned with Jesus than his, he is himself I think that would be difficult. And this isn't the first time he's been in chains, and I don't want to say he's used to it by now, but Paul understands his calling. I mean, that's what me and Tom talked about briefly this morning is it's easy to read about Paul, at least for me, it's easy to read about Paul think, man, Paul is just a great man. And he was. But I think we forget, like, there were, th like, there's no way things weren't going on in his mind that there wasn't doubt, that there wasn't thoughts, that Satan wasn't trying to plant seeds. Oh, you're in chains again. Why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep putting yourself in harm's way for this? You're going to heaven. You're fine. Get out of the way. Don't. But here he is in chains, and it's not about his own freedom. It's about the cross. Paul preached a message of hope and redemption for all. And as Justin talked about last week, and as, uh, a few weeks ago I talked about, Paul knew who he was speaking to in different groups. But he preached of hope and redemption for all, Jews, Gentiles, and anyone else. 
do we as Christians look crazy? Sometimes yes. But do we stand out? And I think, and I grew up, I mean, and I'm not, not old, I'm still young, but I still remember a long time ago where it was odd, at least in the South, to not be Christian or have those, those morals. It was odd. You were the oddball or you stuck out if you didn't live that way. I think it's safe to say it has flipped. That if you don't agree with the world and the culture, that you are the odd one. But the bottom line is that's the way it should be anyways. We should look different than our world. And we, I talked about this a few weeks ago, the acceptance. We want to love, but we don't need to accept sin. Yes, people have that gift that they can kind of fit in with any group and, and, and people accept them, and that's a great gift to have, but they still should look different to those people. So do we look crazy? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 18 through 25. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this, of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw, it, saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. And I think what's so, so not neat, but if you know anything about uh, Greek history, you know, us where all the philosophers, you know, came out of, out of that era, so all this deep human thinking and, and all and I've never understood that so I guess that tells me how smart I am but here it is saying that, that God's foolish plan is wiser than the wisest of all human plans God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength let's go over a chapter look, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2.14 but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. All right, let's move on to verses to Acts 26, 25, and 26. This is where Agrippa uh, is stepping in a little more in this conversation. But... Paul replied, I am not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth. 
And King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. As I mentioned earlier, Festus didn't quite understand what was going on in this Jewish culture. So it was just all just nonsense to him. Agrippa wasn't a believer, but he knew Jewish customs. He knew the Jewish faith. He knew what they believed and how those things worked. So now Paul is appealing to Agrippa. Paul always, as we Justin mentioned it last week, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, he knows who he's speaking to. He's very intelligent that way, and the Spirit fills him, and he, he knows exactly. He doesn't just share the same thing. It's the same story, but he, he knows how to, because he is educated, he can put it for those people. And so there's an outburst by Festus right here, and instead of, you know, here's Paul being called crazy, mad for being in chains, and I'm going to tell a story on if it's okay. I, remember, <laughs> I won't tell the whole story. I won't tell the whole story. One time I watched my dad get called crazy. Now, I had just caught a fastball on the side of the head and got dropped and then got tossed. We won't talk about that, though. All I said was shut up and go back to the outfield after getting flipped off and I got tossed. That's all that was said. So I'm over there pretty sure I was concussed by today's standards and even then. And I don't really know where, I'm kind of forgetting where we are, and I hear my dad get called crazy. And <laughs> my dad didn't exactly share the gospel at this moment. He said, crazy, I'll show you crazy. Now, I will leave out, there was no ugly words, but I will leave out other parts of, of that story. <laughs> Mainly for my mother. It's a great story. Uh, my concussion left pretty quickly, and I was like, oh, snap, here we go, <laughs> you know, and my buddies were all laughing, um, but I'll just leave it at that, and I'm using that as a funny story, but he's one of the best men I know, and to show what the human nature is when you get called crazy is to not go, mm, but Jesus loves you, you know, that's not our, you know, that's not our natural tendency, but here it is, and Paul uses it to appeal to Agrippa instead of being offended by it. I've been called crazy before and other things. I don't like it very much. It's not my natural tendency to just take it and go, oh, okay, well, it's, you know. But here's Paul arrested again and going through this whole process, trying to get to Rome and staying in chains. And we'll see more of that struggle in the next chapter. And he uses it to try to appeal to Agrippa, not for freedom, but to share Jesus. Verse 27, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. I'm going to share a, a, an outline, uh, David Guzik. Uh, he says, Paul didn't first ask Agrippa if he believed on Jesus. He asked, do you believe the prophets? Paul did this because he knew that if Agrippa did believe the prophets, truth and reason would lead him to believe upon Jesus. He wanted to connect what Agrippa already believed to what he should believe. So he, he knew that through truth and reason, because of the society and culture that Agrippa grew up in, that through truth and reason was the way to get him to come to faith in Jesus. Again, I've said it multiple times, Paul knew his audiences. He knew who he was speaking to. And I hit on that so much because as we live and carry out the gospel, we need to be in tune with the Spirit so that we know who we are speaking to. 
different things work for different people, and we have to be in tune with the Spirit to know that. Verses 28 through 32. Agrippa interrupted him, Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? I think we've heard that in just any kind of uh, debate or talk we've had where you know, we think we kind of slide a sly one in there and somebody who's kind of smart is like, uh, not so quick. But Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am except for these change. Then the king, the governor Bernice, and all the others stood and left. As they went out, they talked it over and agreed, this man hasn't done anything to deserve death or imprisonment. We've heard that before, haven't we? When Jesus was in front, and, 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 and they couldn't understand, he's really not doing anything to deserve death. And Agrippa said to Festus, he could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. But he had a plan, and he knew what was needed. Me and Justin talked about this this week was... Had Paul not appealed to Caesar, would he have continued to share the gospel until the day he died? Yes. But I kind of, and this is my, this is my thinking here. He he knew the plan. He knew it had to be done. And here he is. Now everybody needs to hear the gospel, but he knew there was a larger crowd. There was a bigger picture to this. My belief, if he can reach Agrippa. And he's in front of a lot of people. A lot of people we follow are leaders, typically. Or we want to, at least. If he can reach Agrippa, that's somebody in power. That's a king. Now things can can filter through. Again, that is my my thought, my take on, on that. But he knew that there was a plan. And he knew that he had to get to Caesar and he probably also knew that had he not appealed to Caesar he probably would have been set free and out of the chains probably would have gotten arrested again at some point but he knew that he had to follow the will of the father so I want to go back and look we talked a little bit about this already but crazy okay the verse the verse the, the first verse we talked about Paul are you crazy and we talked about there's Paul in chains, and, and he has said he's fortunate, he's happy, he is proclaiming the gospel. And I've already mentioned this some, but shouldn't we look a little crazy, a little mad in how we carry out our walk? Are we carrying out the gospel, and are we living and proclaiming in a way that we do look a little crazy? And it kind of makes me think a little bit of the, I think it's from the 1990s, the Jesus Freak song, you know, um, but it... That's for you, John, a little, little old school. Um, but, and, and I'll be honest, this morning I, I'm really preaching to myself. Um, do people see something different in me? Everywhere that I go and every, every environment that I'm in. Do my players know that I follow Jesus? I think sometimes they see it, and to be honest, I think sometimes they don't see it. Do people that I meet see something different in my eyes and in the way I carry myself? Something's different about him. 
do I look crazy? Do I look mad? And if I don't, I'm doing it wrong. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the worship team joins me up here, I want to wrap up and finish, but as we looked at Paul in chains, so us as believers are in chains of our society, our world, the way they view things. Do we look can we be fortunate? Can we be happy? And say, yeah, a lot of stuff is going on that's not good, but am I carrying out and living the gospel? But for those that aren't believers, are you actually, or the chains of this life, of, of stress, of, of things going on with your kids and your job, your health, those chains that are holding you, how do we break free from that? Raise your hand if, if, you've been broke, if you have broken free from chains. Raise your hand if those chains keep trying to get back on you. Some new, some, some the same. And these are the same verses that I, uh, this is one of the verses I ended with last time. John fourteen six says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you want those chains broken, he is the only possible way. It won't be easy. That is not, there is nowhere in here where it says it'll be easy. Matter of fact, it says that we all have to go through some stuff because of him. But what is the end goal? It's hard to see the end goal. It ain't here. The end goal is to bring as many people to Jesus with, the, with us as possible to faith so that when this earth ends, we are on the new one with Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I'm going to read it again. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, burdens and I will give you rest I used this scripture earlier in the week there's a, a young person I spent a great amount of time with training this past summer um, and it was just a little side gig to make extra money and what it turned into is you know I, I work with the kid's mother and, 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 and half her years and it, it, it's amazing how God works and how he moves She's a 12-year-old kid, almost 13, and you could see the weight on her shoulders of trying to make sure she takes care of everybody. And I saw, not at that age, but I saw a little bit of myself thinking I had to keep it all together for everybody. And then what usually, those of you that bottle things up, what happens eventually, it just, you know. So it would burst, and then I'd go back to that. Somewhere along here, there's a line where you can stay kind of even keel. I haven't found it yet. I'm still like this. I'm getting a little better. But y'all know, you've seen it. You've seen it in your own eyes. You've seen it in somebody else, just the weight. So take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Acts twenty two sixteen. what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. 
What are you waiting for to look mad in this world? We need to look crazy. John 16, I have told you this, all this, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because what? I have overcome the world. It's paid. It's done. And like I said, I'm, tell, I'm talking to myself on this one. He has paid the price. It is done. We don't have to carry it anymore. Whether you come up here, back there, wherever you are, if you need to fall on your knees, fall on your knees. Pray. Let it out. Quit holding it in. You don't have to. You know what's going to happen if you do it in here and the people watching, and guess what? Somebody's just going to join you and put their hands on you and pray with you. There's no shame. There's no embarrassment. Everybody in this room has been broken. If you haven't, it's coming. Hey, I mean, my mom laughed at me. It kind of made me giggle a little bit. But it's coming if you haven't. But most of us already have. And guess what? Probably will again. You know, I'm a dad of two young children, and I just see too many things, and I see the things that can come down the road. I'm going to have struggles again. My parents are going to struggle again watching me have to deal with it, you know? But he's already done it for us. He's already taken it. Please remember that today, this week, when you wake up, when you're overwhelmed, take a deep breath and go, but Jesus, but Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.